It's time for Other Strangeness, hosted by me, Psycho Andy. Get in touch with the show by messaging me at otherstrangeness at gmail.com or at Strangeness Talk on Twitter. Okay, you guys ready? Let's get strange with Michael Kayan O'Reilly, creator of I Want to Be the Guy and Brave Earth Prologue. Hey, Mike, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I wasn't when you asked me to do this. I wasn't expecting there to be a I Want to Be the Guy remastered released <laughs> in that time. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't something I knew was coming. Like they, they gave me a heads up like a few days out. Okay, okay. To ask so, some like final questions. So like, yeah. So big shock. I yeah. Want to be the Guy remastered just came out. Well. Let's let's get right into this. So first of all, uh, what is I Want to Be the Guy for anyone who may not have heard about this in the last, I don't know, decade or so? I Want to Be the Guy is probably the first breakout Massacre game. It's not the first because I have my influences, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was the first one that I feel like came out as like a full, like it felt like a full game. Okay. Right. Like there's some length and some like meat to it. It wasn't like some funny flash game that you would play for like 20 minutes like it was a full game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know very buggy very whatever but um it pushed the whole idea of difficulty as comedy in video games yeah uh, setting things up to not just be hard but to troll the player which which was established but i wasn't the first person to come up with that idea at all there's been trolly level design since doom wads but it really did just catch on and then what really got it going was people it's really fun to watch people play it mm-hmm. yeah so youtube was just getting uh, popular at the time so let's plays really carried i want to be the guy and it's trolly sense of 2d referential nes um humor into not mainstream mainstream internet nerd like levels of popularity yeah. like i mean like online gamer culture probably yeah yeah it is it is very well known to a certain slice of people i would say that's accurate yes yeah for better or worse <laughs> not always positively but it is known <laughs> I mean, you know, there's what is what's that saying? There's uh, no such thing as bad press, right? So it's true for I want to be the guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so what is this? I want to be the guy remastered because I know you've mentioned it before, but I don't know much about that whole deal and and how how involved are you? And and yeah, let's let's just go. Increasingly more involved as time goes on, but um, so. I want to be the guy spawned a whole bunch of uh, what's called fan games. And mm-hmm. the funny thing about fan games is f- fan games are not fan games of I want to be the guy necessarily. In okay. fact, most of them aren't at this point, but they're a whole genre unto themselves that are built from the bits of I want to be the guy. Right. Okay. Like the first fan games were fan games of I want to be the guy, but now it's this whole just thing of, um, just all the different design trends being used in the same models, the same platform physics being used to make different games with different goals. Like some games do try and be funny. Like I won't be the guy. Most tend to try and be more of a, a technical challenging platformer, mm-hmm. but they kind of also have diverged in the physics aspect. Um, somebody released what's called a, I want to be the fan game engine, <laughs> okay, which kind of got standardized as the physics for an I want to be the guy game. They're slightly different than I want to be the guy and I want to be the guy like not even value of different. I want to be the guy made in a janky engine. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't feel as good. It doesn't run as smooth. Uh, and then, yeah, and on top of that, the physics inconsistencies and everything, it's just like, for people who have played fan games, I Want to Be the Guy feels awful to play. If you haven't played fan games, it feels like a janky, fun, old game. Okay. Uh, but the fan game community kind of hated how janky I Want to Be the Guy was. And there were some people who were kind of like, you know what, this kind of sucks. I Want to Be the Guy's kind of great and funny and important. But nobody wants to play it anymore. We should remake it with modern fan game physics. Now, now there's like mold. It's not just like the original fan game engine. Like there's multiple branches, or whatever. It's like it's a modern fan game engine system. Uh, we'll remake it in that, and we'll just get rid of all the crashes. We'll fix up some of the unnecessary bugs. We'll keep some of the bugs that are iconic. Uh, and we'll go through the source code and we'll just recreate everything. So there's a version of the game that people can play that's like, yeah, it's not going to be miserable. You can configure your controllers. You can Your sound settings will save. All these basic quality of life improvements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they did, a few, like, they did a few little editorial things. They added some effects to stuff that looked nice. And they always asked me for permission. Like, hey, is this okay if we end, like, add like a death animation to this enemy? Because... This was like one of my first games, and this was like early, early indie game. Yeah. So the idea of thoroughly adding like all these little details seemed like a waste of time at the time. Sure. Even though now I look at it, I'm like, oof, yeah, like, why isn't there a death animation on that enemy? <laughs> right. So they just added stuff like that, and um, it's been received really well. And it's really nice because you have both sides of things. You have people who are very casual in like they, oh, I played this in middle school. Like they're going back to it and they're like, this feels and runs great. This is everything I wish this was. And now they're working with some people like speedrunners and stuff, people who know the game better than I do, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, going over and like, hey, this detail is surprisingly important and you could tweak it this little way and it would feel better for, for everybody. Yeah, I think more importantly, they have um, very smart, nice speedrunners who kind of n- understand the balancing act that's going on. Sure, yeah. So we've just been working on just them doing most of the work, but like you basically have uh, like the experts, me, and then just the people actually doing the work, and they just basically consult us like uh, like great sages. <laughs> <laughs> Those kids are working super hard on this, and they deserve a ton of credit because they did this in like three months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And for some of them, like some of them was like the people doing like some of the heavy lifting, they did in one month. Like they've been just cranking this out. Man. How long did it, the original game take you to make? Um, I don't remember clearly, so I would say it's somewhere between like six and nine months. Okay. Okay. And that would be your first release. I think it might be, I think the number might be, it was nine months before I stopped working on it. Okay, that's fair. So yeah, so they, they, I mean, I guess when the game's already built and they just need to recode it, that's a little faster, but still. It's a little, yeah, it's a little bit of a pain because um, it's made in this program called Multimedia Fusion 2. Okay. And it uses a, um, a mouse programming like event system. Oh, interesting. So you can't just like take code to code. You kind of have to like reinterpret the logic. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more tedious than like taking one bit of code, pasting it in the context where it works, right? You're like you have to rebuild it. <laughs> like, but the, the documentation's there basically. So it's a little bit more work than like most code. Yeah. But you can still go about it the same way. There's just an extra layer of translation. Okay. Okay. I think I follow that. But I'm not a programmer. I've done enough programming. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've done enough programming to know that I can't be a programmer. So uh... it's like having to, it's like <laughs> instead of copying pasting code, it's like having to look at a picture of code and type it out. Ah, okay. Got it. So it's, a li- it's just a l- that little bit more tedious and frustrating. Okay. Would be the. Yep. 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 I've certainly had to do 
enough stuff similar to that that okay yeah a little bit different but that's i think a pretty close metaphor yeah yeah and then also change all of that code to include all of the new options and yeah yeah also also that code's in a different language (laughs) you're translating (laughs) it and whatever yeah so yeah but they've been doing they've been doing a great job oh that's fantastic and did you say that's available now it's available now yeah wow okay uh they're working on version 1.1 which will have controller support um and we'll finally be uh we had a situation where originally i was like when i was broaching things that like like oh maybe you guys didn't change this but this is something i would have changed Mm -hmm. i was like hey you know i'm not gonna force this issue but um the old man the old zelda man where you jump in the sword mm-hmm. and uses the r word like we, we you could change that i wouldn't mind because I, I didn't want to be forceful about it because it's like sure it is their project too at the same time sure sure and they're kind of like uh you know like you know maybe i don't think it'll bug anybody because in their mind they thought only the fan game people are going to care about this yeah and the fan game people, they're like, and they even said like the fan game people, they're not awful, but they don't like, you know, they don't care about that sort of stuff that much. Sure. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, whatever. Just, just something to think about. So the game comes out it's getting, and it's going on Kotaku and stuff like that. I go back into the discord. I'm like, all right, the R word. They're like, okay. Like, yeah. They're immediately, cause they just weren't expecting it to um, matter that much. Sure. So a lot of people have been asking about that. Like, Hey, did you change that? I'm like, I always used to be like, not yet. Yeah, it just took a while for them to see like, oh, no, this is a bigger thing. And their scope has increased, too. And they realized that, oh, this is actually really popular, even outside of the fan game community. Okay. Okay. So little things like that are going to change in the next version. But we're adding um, lots of dip switches. Mm, So mm -hmm. if you want a more accurate experience, you can turn on different dip switches. Okay. That's cool. Which is really fun. Like, there's even one that turns on random crashes. And it's so (laughs) thorough that um, there's certain crashes. And I want to be the guy that were, um, they were guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't figure this out until years later. Okay, but like, like there's like certain bosses that after you beat them and you save, if you don't exit back to the menu, the game will crash every time. Uh, those are all implemented and everything. So if you turn on the dip switch, you can get the the real crash experience. Wow, <laughs> the, the random <laughs> crashes are just randomized, but those crashes are actually like programmed. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, that's... they added like extras and stuff. We're thinking of adding like some like real extra content. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be super hands-on on that or if I'm going to give them the tools, like, like my ideas to do it. We'll see. Sure, yeah. Because I'm a very hands-on designer when I work on stuff. Yeah. So it's hard for me to imagine, like, designing things when I'm not, like, super hands-on with it. Right. Like, I'm not, like, touching the code and tweaking it and running whatever and, like, like banging back and forth super hard. I, it might get the point where I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. Come on, get me Game Maker 8. Like, um, I'm in this. Or it might just be me giving like, here's my ideas. Try this. Uh, trust yourself. And then when you do something, I'll give you my feedback on what I might have done different. But I'll be okay either way because any new content, if it's new content, my, my thoughts like, if it's just their like take on my ideas, it's their valid time to like have their moment to kind of shine as like, I want to be the guy fans, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to cede a lot to them right. because they frankly have earned it. Yeah. But we'll see, but they might want me to get in there. I don't know. I might, so I might be making maps again. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. It's actually my favorite thing to do in games. Is make maps? I, I'm a level designer by like, okay. okay. If I was to get hired to do anything, it wouldn't be programming. Maybe design, maybe, but like level design, I feel very comfortable in. Okay. That's good to know. That's a, I mean, that's, that's a, right? Like, yeah. I mean, every game needs a level designer. So, <laughs> a 2D uh, level designer, not in huge <laughs> demand. 
I mean, there are more and more new 2D games coming out. It's true. You know, especially the last, I'd say probably the last five years, there's been a huge resurgence. Uh, actually, probably, you know, not to toot your horn necessarily, but probably partly because of the success of I Want to Be the Guy. I mean, and, you can look at a lot of games and see the um, the influence of I Want to Be the Guy. You, know, you can certainly uh, see the influence in a lot of the, the Mario Maker levels too. So Yeah. <laughs> right. So even if I'm not influencing the thing directly, the things that get made... I've been, and, and you know, it's not just me. It's me. It's Kaizo Mario. It's Soybon Action. It's my direct inspiration, which is uh, Awada. Sure. Which is a, a two chan flash game that kind of had some many of the same ideas, and I want to be the guy. It was a little just a little cruder at the time. Okay. It's funny. My favorite story is so that game, which was like a, a kind of a crude, unfinished flash game that inspired I want to be the guy, and apparently the guy who made it, King, he was like, "Oh, uh, well, I should finish my game." And the the last boss of Awada, because it got after it got finished, is the kid from I Want to Be the Guy. Oh wow! So my direct inspiration ends with an I Want to Be the Guy reference. That that's crazy. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. Mean King, um, like I don't know if he, if he's Japanese. He, he might be Taiwanese or something. Okay, I'm not sure. I haven't checked. We don't speak language. We va- we'll just like each other's stuff or like try and like Google Translate at each other sometimes. <laughs> so it's like because there's like a camaraderie there. But... Yeah, that's awesome. Water Two came out recently, by the way, for people who Ooh. might be curious. I'm playing a fun modern massacre game that actually isn't that hard, which is perfect, but is very clever. It, it, it focuses on the fun more than the. Uh, it was to say goodbye to Flash. It was yeah. a very, very sweet, fun game. I, I was going to ask, does it does it still run on Flash? Because uh, if that's the case, I mean, Adobe's you know deprecated Flash now, so yeah, yeah. There's um, there's all sorts of Flash emulators now that which is um nice and important. I'm sure it's downloadable. Sure. Okay. So where I mean, I guess where can people get Iwata? And also, I mean, for where where can people get I want to be the guy and the remaster? Because Okay, so right now, at this moment, right to get the remaster, you have to go on Delicious Fruit. I think it's deliciousfruit.com. Let me check. I'll give it the full thing. Yeah, it's um, delicious-fruit.com, which is uh, the big fan game repository. Okay. Where there are... Okay, so here's the fucking number. There's almost 10,000 I Want to Be the Guy fan games. Wow. Yeah, it's not fucked up. <laughs> I think about that sometimes. I'm like, damn. <sighs> It's well, incredible. Yeah, so you can find the remaster on there. Okay. It's eventually going to be on my website. I think at 1.1 is when I'm going to start putting it next to I Want to Be the Guy Okay. on my website and be like... So by the time you, you're you listening to this, um, checking my website, kn.moe, mm-hmm. M-O-E, mm-hmm. and checking the I Want to Be the Guy section, uh, it might be in there at that point. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, also, it's... Uh, itch.io that's where the files are hosted at least i might put the remaster on there i'm gonna have to talk to them about that sure yeah i want to be the guy when did that come out is that like 2007 jeez okay <laughs> it, it mostly was popular in, so 2008 is when because i came out like late 2007 2008 is when it started catching on started getting um let's plays and stuff like that okay and i guess by 2009 was the point where people are like oh my god stop Enough, I want to be the guys. Let's plays. <laughs> and you get the whole thing with Slow Beef reading American Gods saying, please stop. Let's playing. I want to be the guy. <laughs> Slow Beef, we, we, we are now pals on Twitter. That's good. 
But That's good. at the time, it was just like, oh, my God, you guys need to stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it, right? Because it's anytime you see the same thing over and over again, people just get sick of it because they want to see something else. But yeah, and then it happened with Twitch. <laughs> the Twitch happened and then oh. started all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes sense. But that's, that's the point now with anything where it's like, if you play it now, like, there's not that many people usually playing the originals at any given time. So it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. eventually people end up getting to it. I feel like any popular Twitch streamer, it's like, well, I guess it's my time to suffer. All right, let's go. Yep. 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 Yeah. I mean, I've played I Want to Be the Guy. I haven't beaten it. Uh, I, I I feel like it's, I mean, it's trolly, but I don't feel like it's unfair at any point where that at least that I've gotten to. And it's just a matter of like, well, I've been playing for two hours. I'm kind of done. Yeah, and, uh... <laughs> there are certain people I feel like get to a point where it's like they're going to beat the game. Yeah, right. Because there's nothing in that game that's so hard, except for maybe the last boss where it's like, sure, it's going to be a real wall. So either you play for two hours and you're like, OK, that's fun. But I've had my full mm-hmm. right, which is a lot of people, which is like fine. Yeah. And then there's some people who like play it for those two hours. And it's like, I got to beat this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this game has to go down. And at that point, no matter how long it takes, they're going to do it. Like, right. Right. So I think like, like like games like Dark Souls are certain ways. Like people play them. It's like, oh, this is fine. Like, you know, uh, okay, I'm going to get distracted from this. I'll end up playing something else and not care. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people who play them and are like, I don't care how good or bad I am at video games. This is going down. Sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I got to beat this. Certain games can just get that hook in people's brain to drag them along. Yeah. It's funny because that ends up with people like, it's like, oh, God, I realize I like hard games now. <laughs> like, I didn't realize this. <laughs> I didn't play a game yet that triggered the right part of my brain to be like, oh, this is actually fun and not just like torture. Because I feel like some people think like some people are into like super hard games. Like, oh, you guys just hate yourself. It's a little true, but not. <laughs> it's only like 40 percent true. I mean, that probably depends on the gamer, right? Yeah. Yeah. 40% masochism, 60% or raw enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. I like some game some really hard games. I like some games that are, you know, moderate. I like there are some games that I used to think were hard until I beat them enough that like, okay, well, now I can just kind of play most of Mega Man 2 with my eyes closed. And not that oh, Mega it's, Man 2 is really funny when like like Ninja Gaiden's a pretty cozy game for me at this point. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of like, I can run through Ninja Gaiden pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not now. It's been a few years. It would take me a while to de-rust, but... Oh, Contra without, um... Like, I used to be a kid, like, how could anybody be Contra without the infinite life code? It's like, oh, I've been Contra without dying. Like, just get spread and kill everything. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, perspective can change so rapidly with stuff like that. Like... For sure. Or, like, even me, like, like I love hard games. I'm, like, one of those people where, though, it's like... You know, there's some people where it's like, I always have to pick the hardest difficulty in every game, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, what's the game give me? All right. Like... <laughs> good i'll just trust the game it's fine yeah yeah if i'm playing a hard game i'm playing a hard game i don't need everything to be hard it's fine yeah and then people be like but the game's too easy this game's too easy i'm like is this supposed to be a hard game then i don't care whatever i think the only game where i went back and made the game harder was metal gear rising revengeance because their like normal mode was super conservative because i guess they were kind of worried about the um the crossover fans between metal gear fans and platinum fans okay and the hard difficulty wasn't like the hard difficulty by those game standards was kind of a normal difficulty. And then the very hard was stupid. And I never bothered with it. Oh no, no, the very hard was fine. And then there's revengeance difficulty, which was horse shit. <laughs> it was fun, <laughs> even though I beat it. <laughs> that was a good game. Yeah. Difficulty. Yeah. 
it's so subjective too, right? Like, yeah. there's so many people, like, I feel like the the general, I mean, you know, you and I were both born in the 80s, right? So, yeah. like, when we were growing up with, with NES games and, and the 16 Games that are actively hostile. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's what video games were to me. It's just, I couldn't, you know, there was no escaping hard games because games were either hard because they were intended to be or they were hard because they were programmed so badly that they couldn't, <laughs> it, was, it was just, they was going to yeah, be hard. Yeah, everything, because arcades, a game that's designed hard and a game that's just hard because it's bad were, like, achieving the same accomplishment. Right. The same goal, right? <laughs> right. Like, Oh, it's an, a, a new quarter every two minutes? Okay, great. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, for me, when I, you know, I'm playing, whenever I play more modern games, it's always like, oh, I beat this my first time through. Well, that game was easy. And then other people tell me like, no, man, that game took me forever. And I'm like, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. But the people I'm talking to are, you know, 10, 15 years younger than us. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. right. You didn't, you didn't have to suffer through. Yeah. It's also like genre stuff. So like Dark Souls is super interesting because that attracted a bunch of players that were like RPG fans, mm-hmm. people who don't play action games. So I play like Dark Souls. I'm like, this is a pretty hard game. Like, but like, not like super hard, but like. Right. And it's like, okay. And people be like, oh man, I had so much problems with Sif. I'm like, the the wolf? The wolf was easy. Like, what? <laughs> but then it's just realizing, like, it's just different background. Like, right. I'm used to just, like, this is a character. To me, I'm playing this, like, oh, this is a simplified character action game. Like, oh, this is closer to Devil May Cry than, like, um, I don't know, like Dragon Age or something. Right. Sure. Yeah. And there's other people that's like, oh god this is like one of those like combat um rpgs i play but now it's like way hard right mm-hmm. so those different lenses really change the perspective where in those games like you might never die for me like 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 i'll play uh a uh, dark souls game where i'm like oh that was that was easy it's like i'm dying constantly it's mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. being used to being younger it's like oh dying's not if dying happens Right. So any game where you have infinite lives, it's like, all right, dying is just a tool to learn. Like, yeah. that's the only way to pr- proceed. Yeah. Well, some people get a little used to not dying and might overestimate something because it's like, oh, I'm just not used to this happening. I must be bad. It's like, no, you're not bad. It's just most games aren't designed like that anymore. Right. And that's not better or worse. It just is. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that uh, as I, I'm always talking about to people, you know, like, you know, the reason there's different types, different genres of movies is because not every movie is going to appeal to every person. Right. Exactly. The reason there's different genres of music is because, you know, like not everyone's going to like country or hip hop or, or heavy metal. Right. Not everyone's going to like role playing games. Not everyone's going to like platformers. Not everyone's going to like fighting games. Like and that's why there's a whole bunch and of this why you get subgenres. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Right, where it's like, oh, I, I, I love the heavy guitars. Like, yeah, but you like mathcore? It's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> it's going a little deep. I mean, I listen to Hella, so, yeah. Okay, so what were some of the things that, I mean, other than Iwata, which was your direct inspiration for I Want to Be the Guy, and uh, obviously the things that are referenced, right? you got Mike Tyson from Punch-Out in there. Yeah. you got, you know, not quite Zangief, not quite Kraid in there um that was an influence from mugen really yeah there's a character that it was like atomic zangief or something like that okay any any uh bro the fire breathe the fire whatever yeah, yeah. breathe the fire. Um, sure <laughs> yeah how do you do that as past tense whatever <laughs> i'm like yeah. and i was like oh this looks funny and cute and this kind of looks like Kraid. i could kind of work off this idea and make huh. Kraid beef like okay 
So just like weird inspirations everywhere. It's like I just generally took uh, grab not even stuff I necessarily was um, hugely into, mm-hmm. but just stuff that like I don't know, like especially even with the music choices too. It's like people always say like, oh, this game has like great music choices. And it's like not always from stuff that's just my favorite games. It's just things that like it's all just stuff that left an impression. Yeah, right. Something doesn't need to be your favorite to leave an impression. That's very true. But like, I'm trying to think if there's any influences besides Owada that were modern. I think not, because I think I don't even think Kaizo Mario was out before I started. Okay. And the reason I don't think that is is because there's no Kaizo blocks, and I want to be the guy. I feel like mm-hmm. if Kaizo Mario came out first, I would have had Kaizo blocks because they're so good. So I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm aware of Kaizo Mario, which is you know, deathcore, like yeah, masochist, masochist. Mas- masochist that's the word masochist mario basically right like yeah. it's, it's super mario if you hate yourself and you know joy but like so i don't know what the kaizo blocks are a kaizo block is an invisible coin block that is positioned in a way as if to, to hinder you and make you fall into a pit that's fantastic and terrible where you right it's where you where you mix the ideas of this thing that's usually a fun thing you find that makes this happy noise that you just got in a reward like there's so much inherent comedic timing in it where you go you make a running jump you jump you get the coin sound like ta-da and the and it's perfect timing um right it's such a good gag and if I was aware of them, they would be. I don't know if you forgot. It's so funny. Oh, so, that's so I think that was before that. So yeah, mostly it was um, just taking a water and just thinking like, because a water also referenced its own, like it referenced a lot of stuff. Sure, a lot of Mega Man stuff, a lot of Street Fighter stuff. So I was like, I know, I know a lot of the video games too, and I think I can make a hard game. Let me just make my medley of um, video game horseshit. Yeah. Yeah, my influences are, are strictly on the Nintendo side of things. I didn't veer into Genesis at all until like later in life. Okay, you just emulate everything, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. But even then, like, 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 everyone's like, "Oh, you must really like Mega Man." It's like, I, I am not a Mega Man fan, actually. <laughs> so it was just like, but it's, I guess those are it's still a game that I tried to play a lot in my childhood that still had an impression on me sure. like, strongly. Yeah. Yeah. Or actually, even like, uh, well, it's not fair because I reference Soten, but and I love, 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 love Soten, and always have. Oh yeah, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. <laughs> but like, I hated classic Castlevania before <laughs> before I made Bep. Playing that's why I made Brave Earth is because I ended up playing Castlevania One way like I played it before as a kid and I hated it. Sure, but I played it as an adult. I'm like, wait, this game's sick. <laughs> like, what was wrong with me? <laughs> This game's so fair. This game's actually fair. Yeah, to go back, like Castlevania 1 is one of those games that people consider super hard, but like it's not that bad, really. You know? No, it's not. Like, it's very consistent. So it's like you you have infinite lives, it's very consistent. You can learn what you have to do, and it's it teaches very well. Right. Yeah. Like the life counter says three or whatever, but there's infinite continues, and when you continue, you just start back at where you left off, basically. So yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. So yeah, I I uh I think I I've only beaten Castlevania 1 once and it was actually really recently, but I've made it to, you know, the last level or whatever a bunch of times. And then the uh, same thing, right? It's like all right, cool. I've been playing for a couple hours. I'm just sort of done I'm playing done. video games for the day. Like it's not yeah. yeah. Castlevania uh, 1 is one of those games I can throw on just to be like, I'm just going to blow through this real quick. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like it's like that Ninja Gaiden and Bionic Commando are the games I <laughs> I, I can just start and I can just do a quick run through. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, okay, so let's talk more about uh, Brave Earth Prologue, right? The game you've been developing for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to think about when I started. I'm, I, I don't try and think too hard about it. I'll feel less bad. Sure. It's been sure. a while. I, listen, I will just say that it's been in my Steam wish, wish list for over two years. So, <laughs> And that's a very short amount of the time it's been a... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because because by the time you had it on, is it uh, St- Greenlight on Steam? Is that what the thing's yeah. called? Yeah. Greenlight died oh, before God. the game came out. Okay, Greenlight's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't Steam very much. Like I have a couple games on there because it's the only place. Like you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not buying a new six hundred dollar console every five years. Um, yeah. Uh, so if it's like, oh, it's on PlayStation or Xbox, like great. If it's not on Switch, I'll buy it on Steam. That's that's where I'm yeah. at with, with that. Um, yeah. So I didn't realize green light has died, <laughs> but even, even when I added it, I think I'm pretty sure it said coming 2019. And uh, although yeah. in fairness, 2020 has been a piece of shit year. I so... have done zero work on the game. This No, that's not true. I did some in the beginning of the year. Okay. Yeah. Um, po- Post Corona. I've done nothing. Yeah. yeah. I have played fighting games to try and just reestablish my like ability to function and enjoy things. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I feel like Ray. I'm 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 basically going into this um going into uh, this year as a uh, as a mulligan for that. Like, all right, it's like I was going to release the game. Sure thing. Twenty, uh, twenty twenty. All right, mm-hmm. that year just got erased. Doing it again. All right, we're going to get this out. Try and do it as early as I can this year. We'll see what happens though. Okay, it's hard. Every time I overpromise myself, I always beat myself up. But yeah, so- it's been in development for years. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so yeah, as you alluded to, Brave Earth Prologue is a classic Castlevania style game, but extremely. Yeah. But not, I mean, it's not a Castlevania fan game, right? It's just, like, right. Yeah. Like, hey, I like these games. Uh, and let's make one like it. It is a Castlevania genre piece. Yeah. Even then, not quite. It, in a gameplay sense, it is. Okay. Okay. Because thematically, it is. Because there's a lot of Castlevania fan games are trying to have like the same like same type of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I do. Like uh, Brave Earth has its own tone, for better or worse. You know, okay. some people probably like it, some people probably won't. But I mean, I will say from the screenshots I've seen, it looks like you know, hey, if we had today's technology in the eight bit era, you know, what would a, a game that had eight bit graphics and stuff? Yes, that that you know. It, it looks like what Castlevania would have been with all of today's gaming. Stuff. That is true, and that's in that sense, it's true. Now, what I like right. to what I like to say is, even though some people don't notice the influence, um, Brave Earth is Castlevania Ninja Gaiden. Okay, okay, and I, I mean, having not played the game, to, I can't. It doesn't you know. have to do. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It doesn't have to do with like because you're not like wall clinging and whatever. Sure, uh, but there's a certain rhythm how Ninja Gaiden works that I think. Castlevania doesn't do it does okay. in the first stage because there's there are no filler enemies in Castlevania one really except for the first stage huh yeah that's pretty true you're right you have like those like just simple ghoul enemies whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to be the guy who has more of the rhythm because there's more stuff that comes on the screen and you're more capable than a than a 8-bit Belmont to handle them yeah 
So there's a lot more just going with the rhythm of the screen as you're proceeding through it, which okay. is, I find to be very Ninja Gaiden. Some people are kind of like, I don't get what you're talking about. Sure. <laughs> right. Right. To me, it, uh, to me, it matters, but, um, artistically it's kind of its own, like it's a little, like a little ladies anime, I guess a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so many video games were though. Yeah. So many, so many Nintendo games were, even though we didn't know what that was at the time, it was just, Oh, this is the weird language of video games. Okay. And now that we can look back, we're like, oh, oh, Dragon Ball existed then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I also got stuff where it's like, um, I do have a mode that you can unlock that it's basically just Castlevania 3 mode, or you can just take the three main characters and just switch them in the same way you could in uh, Castlevania 3. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because, of course, me, like, I'm an, like, so a smart person is you make multiple characters so that they can go through the same content. And you multiply your content by having a character that operates differently. And like, oh, the space is a different thing here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Brave Earth. <laughs> There's so many unique stages for the characters. And there are overlapping whatever. But the way they overlap makes it that like a stage where they that technically overlap is like basically two intertwined separate stages. Because I'm a crazy person. So apparently. kind of like the Sonic and Knuckles approach or... I guess, yeah, kind of, right? yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, you lock on the when you play, or rather, when you're playing Sonic Three with Sonic and Knuckles, and playing through Sonic Three as Knuckles. Like, there's a whole bunch of new content that is there that you can't access as Sonic because Knuckles has different abilities or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the thing in that game is like, yeah, you have to play as all three characters to get through the story because they all have completely different. Which is a decision I'm not sure of in retrospect. Okay. Of course, everybody's going to end up with a character they hate playing, and it's always going to be Trevor, the guy with a huge ass sword, who was originally named from role playing as a reference to Castlevania Three before the idea of making a Castlevania fan game even crossed my mind. <laughs> and, I, and then I'm just one of those people where I'm like, "Well, I could change it." I'm like, "No, nah, I'm not a coward. Fuck it, Trevor. You know, <laughs> you know why he's named Trevor. Who gives a shit?" See, so you'd be funnier if you named him Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. Since Ralph was Trevor's name in the Japanese version of Castlevania, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, hey, it's your game. You do what you want with it. But, but also, he's the he's uh, he doesn't please the least Belmont. Oh well. <laughs> okay. I mean, like they, Naomi's like a Smash Brothers Belmont, and Trevor's like fucking two D Dark Souls character, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, no, he's more like a, like a 2D because he does have like he does have a role, but it's like uh he has like the um secret of mana, basically uh charge bar. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like this high committal, high damage. He's easily the hardest character to play. He has the least amount of stages for that reason. He's one of those characters where he's like, he's the best character. Like a hundred percent. Okay. But I have to balance him up higher. Because the ability to play him, like, he's hard to learn. Okay. I have to okay. make sure that people can get through the game with him. Right. <laughs> like, I'm sure when, like, speedruns come out, you're just going to see him fucking melt things. It's going to be great. <laughs> and you know what? That's fine. It's a single-player game. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares if his stages are super easy when you're really good at the game? Because the whole game's probably going to be super easy when you're really good at the game. Okay. That's how speedrunning and stuff works. Sure. Right. Yeah, because he has all sorts of, like, like, you have this guy with this huge sword that you can charge and whatever. He has, like, all these, like, rolls and dodges. He has, like, the Vega wall dive thing. Like, he's a crazy character. Like, I tried to make, like, really different characters. You have, um, so, like you said, like, Naomi's, like, um, she's, like, a Belmont without, um, 
fix sub weapons. Like you have a special button that does like directional inputs for her. Okay. So you you have basically like like a semi, and you can get powered up versions of each um, ability. Okay. That you can have only one at a time, but you have to still access to it. So she always has a projectile. She always has uh, an uppercut that can be an axe. Okay. Uh, she has like, okay. a slide. She has a parry, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that can just be used as a shield normally. You have Sin Lin, who can like hover jump like Princess Peach in Mario 2. And every time she picks up an item, it completely changes her basic attack and special attack. So Whoa. she's kind of like a Contra character. Okay. Without a game. Okay. Okay. It's like, oh, oh, like she literally has spread. <laughs> like, like, oh, spread, machine gun. They're not called that. It's like, sure. Right. Actually, but actually, no, machine gun is called gunner. <laughs> or like like cool like or like wavy chakram things that fly like medusa heads like she has so much there's a lot of cool different stuff that breaks from castlevania awesome so it is it's, it is its own thing even though gameplay wise you are going upstairs in the same way it feels the same way sure um i guess the jump's different that's another thing things that are um different i originally had like the the, the sack of bricks jump yeah um I, changed a- it. I found the game that actually has the best jump for getting the best of both worlds, and it is it is Batman on the NES. Oh, okay. Yeah. Batman is heavy, but you can control him in the air. Yeah. So you still have to commit and be smart about what you do. Mm-hmm. But players don't feel like, oh, I jumped and I'm just like they they don't feel like they lost their agency. So Naomi jumps like Batman on the NES, and it was a great decision. <laughs> it's a it's a little different because I have my own like my, my, you know, I have my own little differences. Like, she has like a fighting game style, like neutral jump that, like, you basically do like the E Honda um, air wiggle thing with like, what is this? Is air H, I think. So you can just basically do that neutral. So if you jump straight up, you can like glide back and forth a little bit to dodge stuff. But if you jump forwards or backwards, it's more of a commitment. I don't know. There's like lots of little details in the movement I tried to add that aren't necessary to beat the game, but are there for people who, like, the more you play the game, the more you see, like, oh, I can do like, these neat little tricks and stuff yeah yeah okay that's awesome i uh i i can be that person when i'm super into a game i know my brother is very much that person he, he's always trying to find every little exploit he can with yeah. uh yeah weird jumps and stuff i'm super excited to <laughs> to play this game now when it whenever it finally comes out whenever it finally comes out and when you're finally able to play it on something yeah yeah uh <laughs> The game does well on PC. A console port would not be out of the question. It would be very expensive, but sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you're you're gonna be able to sell this game, right? Because it's all yeah. it's all original yes. content. I'm like, I want to be the guy. So and stuff and stuff in this engine has been ported to like the Switch and stuff like that. It oh, is cool. it is a costly process, but if the game does well enough, it will be worth it. Yeah, so we'll see. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna judge it based on the PC release. Basically, the PC I- release does well and is popular. Yeah, uh, then I think it'll be a given that we'll be like, all right, let's go. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. So this game is called Brave Earth Prologue. What is yeah. it a prologue okay. so Here's the upsetting thing. Here's the thing where I hate myself. So I originally wanted to make a Metroidvania. Right. Because every indie game developer wants to make a Metroidvania. That's the rules. I don't make them. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of not true now, but that used to be considered like the prestige genre in indie games. <laughs> It was, yeah. <laughs> I feel like now you can go back to do it, but there's a time where it's like, oh, another indie Metroidvania. Ugh. But like, I didn't want to use really uh, un- underdeveloped tools to make a full like multi-year game. So I'm like, let me make a Castlevania 1 fan game as like a study. I'll keep it real simple. I'll, I'll be like Castlevania 1, 
I won't even really have to make graphics. I can just have one block for everything. It'll be f- real simple bosses. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I sold myself a book a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing. All right. So like, I think one thing that's relevant to this, right. Yeah. Is when I made, I want to be the guy. I really didn't think I could do game art at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is part of why the game looks that way. Sure. And then for brave earth, I made some demos that were a little bit more. I tried to, do a more um, 16 bit style, whatever I could kind of do. It, and I was thinking like, I, I think I can brute force this, but, uh, um, and I could, I probably could have, I could have probably made a game in a few months. That was Castlevania. It was going to be free. It was just me basically stalling for time. Let me make something based on me realizing I love Castlevania one. Let me just make something. It's like, and thinking that like, like, Oh, I'll make something with higher resolution art later. Okay. And I might be able to do that. We'll see. And then I started working on this and like, oh my God, 8-Bit's so great. (laughs) This covers up all my issues as an artist. Yeah. Because what do I have? I'm good with color. I'm good with composition. I can even do motion okay, but my my anatomy shit and everything like that. Oh, my character is like almost like one color and I'm mostly animating through silhouette. What? Oh, this is great. (laughs) Yeah. So even like when I make eventually what was going to be the game that wasn't the prologue. (laughs) Uh God, when is that going to come out? Jesus Christ. Oh, I still need to to make a Metroidvania. That's what I want to do. Right. So it's going to happen despite everything. So by the time you're um, done with it, no one will be upset that there are too many Metroidvanias anymore, right? It'll be perfect. No, that cycle will have repeated three times. (laughs) Oh, God. I just have a lot. Make sure I come out during the like the the uh, the ebb, right? Uh-huh. I'll have to time it. I'll have to per- I'll, I'll have to procrastinate uh, strategically. <laughs> I'm secretly constantly delaying my game so it runs better because everyone has better computers and to get farther away from um, Bloodstained. Yeah, originally farther away from Shovel Knight, so my target of trying to of avoidance keeps shifting over time, <laughs> which is totally just a joke. Okay, I was going to say, at a certain point, man, it's just going to be, oh, well, now I can't release a game because a new game came out last week. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's just totally a joke. Yeah. <laughs> the way to make you feel better, it's like, well, look, at the very least, you're taking too long, but at least you won't have to be released near this. Yeah. There'll always be a this I can use to make myself feel better. <laughs> it's true. I mean, like, you know, had you put your game out a week before Shuffle Night, uh, it would be completely forgotten. So, yeah, it's true. you know, and, and putting it out 2019 or even earlier in 2020, like, yeah, you would have gotten those comparisons to the uh, 8-bit Bloodstained games. So yeah. I've gotten from some people who have played both, though, I get some favorable comparisons that make me feel very happy. I don't oh, know if they'll, be, if they'll be universal. Mm-hmm. I had I had one guy. This is the sweetest thing. Like, because it was just one of my followers who knew that, like, um, he tested... Um, and he tested Brave Earth like way back, mm-hmm. and apparently his wife's a level designer, and oh. she was playing Bloodstained. She was like, "Let me play that other game you were playing for a bit." And she was like, "I was like, oh my god, like like his level design's so good." I'm like, "What she said, man? She's a level like you know." I'm like melting like a little baby. <laughs> well, great, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, has any work on on Brave Earth not prologue started at all, or is that are you just holding off until? No, I'm holding off on that entirely. Yeah. Okay. I, it's helping me make decisions over time. Like I know I'm going to stick like eight bitish. I don't think I'm going to stick NES completely. I'm going to start. I'm going to break it. I'm going to just do whatever I want. Yeah. For the next game. Yeah. yeah. I think it was good to show that I can stick within limitations and cheat them in a fun way, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
after that, I'm like, especially since one thing I always wanted to do with um, the original Brave Earth is like it was going to be snowy. And you probably know from the NES. Snow in the NES only looks like case, cake frosting. <laughs> right? There's no colors or whatever. You can't have like a a moody whatever. There's not enough grays. There's not enough whatever, right? Right, like, right. I mean, there's, there's it, they say that there's 64 colors on the NES, but eight of them are black. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true. <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, I have like, like, I have my modified palette that I use where it's like, half the usually I give up a color. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, this red's really bad. Let me make a better red I want. But sometimes it's just like, okay, I just need to add like some skin tones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like the original NES doesn't have like a proper yellow, right? Like, oh, there's, yeah. There's like that really light, like the one that, that they use for the Mega Man's pellet shot, like the default Mega Man shots, that's kind of a really light yellow. But like, and then the next closest thing is like a light orange. Yeah, the palette is, like you look at it and it was designed by a madman. There's no <laughs> logic to the palette whatsoever. I mean, it's horrible. But it's part of what gives the game their unique look. It's So it's like, because it's weird because you look at consoles that have better colors and you look at the color choices and stages and the color choices are way more literal and it makes the stages look way less vivid. It's true. Yeah. Some of those early like Sega master system games too, like you look at them and it's just like, this is just a gaudy mess because they picked, you know, green at a hundred percent. Yeah. Grass. Yeah. Like, so wait, in a weird what? way it worked out, but at yeah. the same time it's objectively a horrible balance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, uh, limitations. Yeah, sometimes working with horrible tools generates great art. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have done, I've done a handful of uh, like pixel shit. What's the word I'm looking for? Prints. Ah. <laughs> right. Uh, and I use the NES color palette for it. And like, it was super fun to to go in and be like, okay, cool. I only have these quote unquote 64 colors to work with. It's, it ends up being like 57 or something. Yeah. Um and so like that was cool and and it was it was really fun to 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 do that but like at, yeah at a certain point it was like okay but I just want I just want a blue that Mega Man doesn't have on him. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Yeah, so I added um and it's funny how one little color change can um you know, there's a purple I added mm-hmm. that a lot of people who played games on the MSX were like is this an MSX game? Cuz apparently that is like this like lavender purple. Oh, that crazy. Like Naomi's hair. Okay. Like I added that as like a key color, basically. Mm-hmm. Where it's like every every color I added, I tried to have a very specific specific use for it. Where it's like, because I didn't want just because you know you just add colors and again you get to the gaudy mess where you're just choosing right. literal color choices for everything. Right. But I'm like, I'll pick my spots, and a lot of people playing the MSX look at the game and they feel a little kinship with it because that is that color got used a lot in a lot of MSX games. Wow. Close enough. It's not the exact color, but like, of course, like CRTs are variable. So there's no, um, there's no a hundred percent. That's the other nice thing about changing some of the colors. That's why, like, I don't feel bad making a red, a better red. Right. Um, cause it, there is no canonical palette for the NES. They're all guesses. Cause it varies so much based on, uh, the TV. Right. Cause it doesn't do RGB signals. It does like some NTS uh, NTSS bullshit that's like gives vague results based on the uh the hardware mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is why everybody insists like no this looks wrong when they look at like certain like nes games on emulators and everyone's like no it's fine oh no this emulator looks right it's um nes is the one system i can think of where you can pick the palette <laughs> there's all sorts of element 
uh, palette's like, oh, there's this one and that one and the compromise between these two and whatever, because it's just oh. entirely... Huh. I don't get how it's so... Like, I, I don't understand how there isn't any way to come up with an objective answer of what the colors were, like, intended to be, but I know if it was possible, it'd be done, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would feel like you could just go into... I mean, and maybe there was a difference between the, the Famicom and the NES. Like, there, maybe there was a slight difference there. No, but there is a difference between that and the... um. What was the arcade? Uh... The Choice 10? Yeah, the, Play, Choice 10. the Choice 10. Choice 10 games are more saturated. <laughs> okay. that And that makes sense to me, because when you're in the arcade, you're fighting for players' attention. Yeah. So and Choice those... 10 also outputs RGB as opposed to the NES. Ah, uh, yeah. You can't even hack on RGB on the NES. You have to like do a whole reinterpreter. Man. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love digging into this kind of stuff. So. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, so like, so if you have a system that's outputting a raw RGB signal, even if you're not using it, like you can at least use that to like be like. So we know what a literal interpretation of the of the choice ten palette is. Okay. Okay. We can't do that for the actual console. And what everyone agrees on is the choice ten console one looks awful. <laughs> yeah i always just thought that was because the screen was old but now that you say yeah. no they're more saturated like okay that makes sense and that that explains why my eyes hurt after playing uh <laughs> you know versus mario brothers for a little yeah. bit yeah <laughs> that's funny uh is there anything else anything else you got coming up or going on or i mean i know you tweet a lot about wrestling whenever wrestling's happening so all right yeah oh god wrestle wrestle kingdom coming up i got a whole bunch of new japan to catch up on oh yeah um besides that i don't know play guilty gear (laughs) (laughs) actually that should be nice to uh our friend because we've been me and you have been playing um fight kate stuff on the regular every week that's true yeah yeah so also play super turbo also play sure buster Yeah, if you want to watch, uh, if you want to watch Kayan, Kayan, Mike, whatever, whatever your name is this week, uh, you want to watch him play fighting games. You're, you're on Twitch pretty like every couple days. It, it seems like it right? is three times a week. Okay, it is Mondays for Fightcade stuff, and then it is Wednesdays and Sundays for Guilty Gear, and that yeah. usually starts at around um, 10 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time because we're all a bunch of degenerates over it in my stream. <laughs> Welcome new players and everything. Uh, very open, nice community. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice when uh, one of our mutual friends said, uh, "Hey, Mike's doing uh, Super Turbo on Mondays. It'd be cool if you joined." And I was like, "Well, yeah, because we've known each other forever." But we've known each other since the '90s. Yeah, actually, this might be the longest conversation we've ever had. Strange. (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) Because we're always in like group things, or or back in the day, we're always like role playing and stuff. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, I know it was cool. It was cool when she was like, you should come join. And I was like, yeah, all right. I'm not doing much. I mean, I'm, I'm at home. I'm working from home. So, you know, if I need an hour of sleep, like, okay, it's not the worst. Yeah, that's, that's what the Guilty Gear streams have been for a lot of people. It's just like, oh my God, I need to be able to do something on a weekly basis. Yeah. So we got a lot of people playing Guilty Gear who a lot of them never even played a fighting game seriously before. Oh, wow. But they like, hey, I heard you guys don't mind beginners. It's like, yeah, get on. We have people for you to play. Yeah, yeah. People show up to my stream all the time. Uh, KNisaki.twitch.com. No, 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 no. It's Twitch TV. Yeah, Twitch.tv slash KNisaki. I always forget which ones do the subdomain and which ones don't. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll put links to everything in the episode description. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't worry about that. Find everything. Yeah. Uh, check the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, listen, you're listening, whatever you're listening to this on, you can look at the description and you can see how to spell K and Nasaki. And you, that's pretty much your username like everywhere. So, yes. Unless you could just get K in. Unless I could just get K in, which is very rare. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, periodically I check the account that has K, which is a locked account on Twitter. I'm like waiting for it to not be there. I'm going to just like snatch that one day. Oh, and I, uh, yeah. I used to be at Psycho Andy on Twitter, like way back when Twitter first started. And uh, I was like, well, this is kind of stupid. And I'm talking like 2007 or 2008, like when Twitter was brand new, yeah. you know, the world hadn't made Twitter like a part of the news cycle. Uh, and so I deleted it. Like I just deleted my account. I was like, I'm never going to use this. This is stupid. <laughs> and so someone else has it. They haven't used it in I don't know, several years at this point. Oh no. And Twitter won't give it back to me, even though I own psychoandy.com. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> so as a result, I, I've always had to tag something else uh, on there. Uh, and then for other strangeness, this show, I went to get other strangers on Twitter and I could, except it turns out other strangers is one letter too long. So <laughs> also sucks. <laughs> So I, I, I settled on strangeness talk because uh, I figured, well, that's close enough. And I can't believe that's not taken. I, me neither. Me neither. There were so many like and, and I went through a whole bunch of things that I was like, OK, this is available. This is available. This is available. But the one that like strangeness talk felt the best to me out of all the options that I could I could pull off. So my other big option was to do other strangers, but leave out one of the letters. And I was like, uh, if I leave out like. Like the only one I could have left out was probably the A without having to explain like, oh, without an E in other, but the E is still there in strangeness or the other way. Right. And oh, yeah, that gets all complicated, too. You're right. Yeah. You're explainable to humans. Right. I didn't want to be like other strangeness without that last S. Like, so it's strangeness talk. It's it is what it is. At some point, Twitter may or may not extend the character limit. If they do, you know, I'll I'll snag that up. But. Okay, so um, yeah, Kei Nasaki everywhere is where people can find you, right? Where uh, is there anywhere if you want people? Uh, definitely you? browse my Twitter feed before following me. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, your profile straight up is like tweets too much about wrestling. I made I want to be the guy and Brave Earth Prologue, and I click like on big titty elf pictures. So. Right. Uh, right. You know what you're getting into? Uh, my Twitter's wild. A lot of people really enjoy it. I yeah. just say whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll just have a weird, disgusting shower thought, and I'll tweet it out, and people will, like yell at me. But that's kind of that's kind of part of the bit. They all, sure. They're all following me to yell at me. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. They're looking for excuses. I I mean I follow you, but occasionally I'll have you muted because I'm just like, hmm, not today. <laughs> not today. No. It's nothing personal. It's just you know. I, never i could like i'm shocked anybody follows me i feel like i feel like anybody who's like oh i really like his opinions on like wrestling and then you just have to like who can deal with everything else fair enough yeah yeah but sometimes people do when i when i make that joke on twitter people are like look we're here for the potpourri grab bag yeah 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 wow so cool man well hey thank you so much for coming on and thank you. This was a lot of fun. Again, it was nice to have an extended conversation with just you for once. Yeah. Uh, we should do this again whenever Brave Earth Prologue finally actually comes out. All right. I'll talk to you again then in like 10 years. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> or I'll just see you Monday. Yeah, that's more yeah. like it. 